Remember when I told you that my seductive persona was that of the charisma? Well, there's a reason for that. Hey, this is Michelle Spive, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So sit back, continue to listen, and join me on the flip as we talk about the quest to feel special, aka the narcissist within. I'll see you on the flip. Even though I'm not actively practicing, I do try to stay up to date on what's going on in the world of therapeutic application. And I recently got this book that I thoroughly enjoyed and I wanted to share with you guys because this was such a wisdom smack for me. Now, um, I will say that throughout the years, um, to stay healthy, and I think everyone should do their work, I have, you know, seen a therapist and uh, done my own work. And so I'm not saying that I know all my little quirks and crevices and things, um, but I will say that over the years, I have worked with my shadow parts and all of those shortcomings of my personality that came through nature and nurture that um, I get a chance to work with. And just even having the knowledge of them and their tendencies and how they can possibly lurk, I take that, you know, seriously and try to continue to do my work. Well, anyway... I'm going to just tell you the book that I recently got. I I can't say enough good things about it. And it's called Rethinking Rethinking Narcissism by Dr. Craig Malkin. And that's M-A-L-K-I-N, Craig Malkin. And um, he even has a website where you can go and take a test to see where you fall on what he calls the narcissism spectrum. Now, this was kind of groundbreaking for me, even though it's been written, it was written a few years ago. This is groundbreaking for me because when um, I was first learning about the narcissistic personality and borderlines and all those different things, they had um, where either you weren't or you were (laughs) or you weren't with tendencies or you were full-blown. And so it was kind of crude in how the diagnostics were set up. With with this book, um, I really like how they have put things on a spectrum and they have paid more attention and abeyance to uh, the concept of polarity. Now, you know, I talk about polarity here because it's such an important thing that we have to deal with in our lives. There is duality to everything. And so with this one, it's no difference. Now, what I like about this book, Rethinking Narcissism, is that Dr. Malkin, who is a psychiatrist, he takes the the mythology of narcissists and he expands it. So, You guys, go back with me. You might have to pull it off your shelf. You know, Metamorphosis by Ovid, um, the collection of Greek, uh, no, Roman. I think he did the Roman version of uh, Roman mythology. And in there, he talks about narcissists and echo and how Echo fell in love with Narcissist, and Narcissist fell in love with himself, and just all of these different things. And so now, 
there is a extreme, there are two extremes. Now, most people are familiar with the extreme narcissist, and this is the flaming one. Um, And, but most people are not familiar with the other extreme. And, and Dr. Malkin does something brilliant where he calls it the echoist. And I thought it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so with the echoist, the echoist is um, taken from echo in this particular uh, myth and how the echo or the echoist is that person who, if especially on if you're in the extreme side of things, you abhor any kind of attention, compliments, or anything done for you special. Now, this is the the, the funny thing about uh, Dr. Uh, Malkin's book. His uh, subtitle is. Um, how uh, to feel special. And I was like, okay, yes, indeed. Um, it's, it's I, I, you know, I'm, I'm almost stumbling over it because it's just no way to get around it. And um, it's called, okay, so here it is. The, the name of the book is Rethinking Narcissism, the, ba- the Bad and Surprising Good About Feeling Special. Now, another reason why I want, wanted to um, highlight this book is that I've been um, going down the rabbit trail researching a particular subset of people on social media. And the funny thing is, is that now social media is called So Me. So Me. And this particular subset, and I'm going to actually do a podcast on it because it you can't just say it in, in one little reference. But like I said before, everything has uh, opposing sides and there is this, this cosmic pendulum that swings from one side to the other. And so whereas just a year or two ago, everybody was stunting, flossing, whatever you want to call it online and trying to make it seem like life is perfect. And now we have where everybody is trying to be sad online. And when I say trying to be, it's because it's a strange uptick of people who are glorifying sadness, anxiety, and depression. I'm talking about buying uh, and selling merchandise with the terms and stuff, but I'm not going to use this podcast to harp on that because I'm going to do a totally different one. But what I'm saying is, is that with how we are using um, social media and what is expected to uh, gain friends, uh, make a living, be you know, it, you know, be visible. It it almost forces people to figure out a way to be, you guessed it, special. And because you have to stand out and be unique and be special, it ties into this whole thing of narcissism. So much so that now we have a spectrum from it for it, where we have those people who are painfully adverse to to having any kind of attention paid to them, to those people who are just uh, narcissistic personality disorder. They believe they have this high sense of entitlement. The world revolves around them. Um, They never made that separation from the toddler's understanding of mine to being able to say we 
and they, so they don't have a separation and they cannot see that you are not just waiting in queue, waiting on their attention to focus on you to give them what they want. And then we're not going to even go past them to the sociopaths and the psychopaths, okay? So I do want to say this. Um, Narcissists are made. They are not born. They are made. And there is the sociopath who is a narcissist, but not all narcissists are sociopaths. I just want to get that out of the way. And they've got some great uh, things online. If you just do a a quick YouTube search, some of the top searches are done by this uh, doctor. She does a great job on them. But for today, I really want to talk about this book because of the spectrum that he covers. And like I said before, he even has a a way to take a test to see where you fall on the spectrum. And I'm going to put that link in there as well. Okay. All right. So, talking about this whole thing on the quest to feel special. One of the things that you might start to realize as as I continue to talk is that it seems like a lot of the most well-rewarded people, a lot of the gurus and the books we follow and the self-help we receive and the power through and do this, if you really take the tenets of what they are saying, they are encouraging you to feel special or to carve out a specialness about you that now this is the part that makes it, uh, that tips it over into not the not so good area that makes it where it is at the expense of someone else. There is that zero-sum game. Um, I, I talked about that in another podcast, the different types of games people play. And the zero-sum game means that somebody's got to lose for somebody to win. And so you have people that are all about keeping score and um, winning at all cost. And Um, In this range that Dr. Malkin talks about, he talks about the healthy narcissist. And that's what I really like. And that's why I wanted to present this to you and um, get you to thinking about it. Because the healthy narcissist is charismatic. Um, They encourage people to be the best they can. Um, They tend to have rose-colored glasses on when they look at their world because they're friends, they're acquaintances. They see the all the good is highlighted where the bad is dimmed or, or even invisible. Now, that can be great when you're working with people, interacting with them, and helping them to achieve. But it can be not so great if you tip over into that bell curve, uh, past the bell curve, where you start to get to the extremes of of narcissism. And that means that you get into that, like I said before, somebody's got to lose for you to shine. It's, it's, it, it's where everybody's attention needs to be focused on you. Now, Dr. Malkin takes a lot of uh, different cases and peoples that he's worked with as, um, as a psychologist, uh, psychiatrist and talks about the different types of um, narcissists and the ones that are healthy and the ones that are not healthy. And I like that 
he gives realistic recaps at the each of uh, at the end of each chapter to really sell in a short synopsis of what he said through the uh, case studies and through the teachings and all of that kind of stuff. And then this is the part that I really like. He talks about how to go back to what he calls is center. Now, based on his world, most people in the Western civilizations are going to be in the middle of the narcissism uh, spectrum, most, because of our quest for individuality, our quest for creativity, and the way our capital society, capitalist society is set up. You've got to find some kind of way to differentiate yourself from the rest of, of the of public. Or, you know, you've got to find a way to stand out, uh, to, to be, to borrow Seth Godin's uh, purple cow analogy, you've got to be that purple cow in the sea of brown and white cows. So that just stands to reason that that is part of nurture. And he talks a lot about nurture. So remember, so uh, sociopaths are born that way, but um, sociopaths and psychopaths are born that way, but narcissists are made. And so it's more about the nurture. He has a, a circumstance. He doesn't go very much into it as much as I would like, but it's enough to give you a good idea. And so he has this, this uh, sibling pair that he has to work with, and they are the extremes on both ends of the spectrum. It is just wild how you ha- he has the echoist and he has the extreme narcissist. And they were raised in the same household. And he tells you how they got that way. And um, he gives you an instance of how they behave while they're in his care. Now, I would, I would love for him to have told a little bit more about their therapy and brought them along, but he just gave a snapshot. And because he's a psychiatrist, a lot of times he's giving us clinically, um, clinically supported information uh, where these people are um, institutionalized and how they're behaving in some ways. And then he talks about those that just come to see him. Um, He talks about those who have to come see him because of getting in trouble if they don't. And so I like that he he gives us a wide range of the severity of um, the situation. Like I said before, I would just like to kind of like have a check-in on how they're doing after their therapies. That would be really great, you know. So, Dr. Malkin, if you ever hear this, give us a book too so we can do a how are they doing now kind of thing. But back to what um, we're saying about this. In this book, he actually acknowledges, he says, now he just calls the United States straight out. And he says, most people in the United States are just, they're just going to be narcissists. And, um, you know, and I totally get that because like I said before of how it's built in social media or AKA, so me is not making it any better at, at all, not any sort of kind of better. So, when um, I was looking at this, I was like, there's so much that I want to say, um, but I just really kind of want to focus on this book. But I, I do want to talk about one little issue um, that I have seen and had to deal with uh, myself. And that is when you work for a narcissistic leader or a boss and you know, uh, let's just face it. 
If you get one that is an extremist, like what he does, and and, and let me just say this, in his book, he, he does teach you how to know which ones are which. And on his spectrum, he has them. Now he has this term called habit when you're getting into the danger zones of being a habitual narcissist. And then of course he moves up from there. Um, but we're talking about those narcissists that are at the habit stage and above. Um, and he, so he has um, ways of being able to help you work towards continuing to be able to work with these these types of people. And I bring this up because a lot of uh, people are actually going through this. Some of them are aware of it and some of them are not. Uh, one of the biggest things that he talked about, and there was another article that I read that was straight up titled, uh, What to Do When Your Boss is a Narcissist. And they talk about uh, these specifics. Either there is um, berating the person in front of everybody or taking your ideas and using them as their own. Those were some of the things that um, he dealt with in the book that I'm not going to talk about because that's his book. And I think if, you know, you want to get those, please do. And also he gives you specifics of what to say, depending on the situation that are very helpful that I found. I was like, I really like that he he did this. So like I said before, it's, it's good. And it's not a long read. I think it's like 260 pages. It's not a long read, but it's really good. Um, so dealing with people that you have to work with, if you're going to keep your job and your sanity and, Understanding now, he he does give the warning that I appreciate. You should not be trying to diagnose people based on reading a book. But what you can do is, if you see some of the characteristics and traits that he talks about, you can use some of the de-escalation tactics for yourself that he suggests to try to get some relief, some reprieve, and to actually test and see if this is a situation that can be endured because he does talk about it actually moving after habit. He talks about it moving into addiction where they are addicted to this, this state, whether it be on the high end of the narcissist or even the low end of the echoist. And the echoist, I felt so sad because of how how closed in and and isolated a person that is in the severity range of being an echoist can be. I mean, it's kind of like having yourself mud, uh, muted where you want to tell people what's going on with you. You want to have the help. You want to have the attention. You kind of want to feel special, but you can't, or it's so painful that you can't. And he does associate both of the extremes um, can be brought about by um, intentional or unintentional grooming by the parents, as well as abuse uh, during the formative years. So with that being said, I can't say enough how much I like and um, encourage you to get this book, Rethinking Narcissism. So he not only deals with uh, when you have to, uh, in the workspace, if you're working for a boss or a coworker or someone that's a, um, 
a subordinate of yours, but he also deals with uh, how to deal with them if you're dating them or married to them. And that's an even bigger subject that I have been seeing all over the place. And I'm going to tell you this. When you take a look at the cross screen of people that you'll come in contact with, just like his book says, because he has opened it up to a wider spectrum, you'll see that people that you thought were just full-blown narcissists are possibly just cycling through something during a traumatic time. And that depending on how you work with them, you can bring them back to the center where they are this fun-loving person. Now, I want to take a take a little pause here and divert just a little bit. Dr. Malkin ain't got nothing to do with what I'm about to say, okay? And that is neurotics, <laughs> the drama-loving, drama kings and queens of our life, okay? The thing that used to just infuriate me to no end was how was it that the quote-unquote erratic, crazy, drama-filled, hot messes would always get the best folks in in relationship. I was like, you know, there used to be, <laughs> there was this one time, I was just like, you know what, I am sick of this. I can't pretend to be cuckoo and crazy. I can't pretend to be that neurotic. So I'm just going to be upfront and be like, look, I'm boring because I'm normal and I don't do that kind of stuff and and trouble doesn't follow me. And I actually had a guy that I was interested in tell me, well, she needs me. And he was like, maybe we were, maybe we were destined to be, maybe, maybe we knew each other in another life. And if I had known then what I know, even not just now, but way, you know, after that, I would have probably told him, you know what? You are going to get tired of having to be the shiny knight in armor and rescue. And when you're ready to have a real human adult relationship, if I'm still available and I still want to be bothered, maybe I will. But until then, get out of my face. And I got to the point where I started seeing that this was a pattern that people who are quote unquote healthy are drawn to unhealthy people and they call it love, but it is because they make them feel something and we are attracted to danger. So now I'm going to go back to the book. Okay. So in the book, Dr. Malkin actually addresses this. And I was like, yes, he talks about how people who are not high on, on one end or the, you know, so the superior of the, of the diagnosis would be the full blowns, the uh, habit and, ad- and addicts um, on either end. He says, there's just something about him. He says he, you know, he's actually had patients who needed to get away from uh, their narcissistic girlfriends. And and he was like, he actually had a guy say, but dog, you know, it's the crazy girls who are great in bed. And he, and he actually talked about why that's the case and, and why we are um, enthralled with these cuckoos. And I don't want to say these cuckoos. That's, that's horrible. Forgive me, you guys. People who have challenging uh, situations of how they deal with their life, you know, as a 
form of therapist. I know better. Forgive me, y'all. That was not funny. It's not supposed to be funny. I, I apologize. And no, I'm not editing that out. You, this is what you get. Okay. So, but what I'm saying is, is that dealing with these types of situations with people that you love, um, the way he deals with it is great. It's not my sophomoric solution of when you get over yourself, you know, he actually shows you a mature way to figure out how to deal with them and even how to figure out what your real feelings are. Are you trying to rescue because your love for their health outweighs your understanding that this is not the love that you think it is. It's a different type of love. You know, I could talk about the difference between Eros, Philos, and Agape love, but, you know, I think you get what I'm saying. And so because of that, I was like, this is really good because you really don't get a lot of um, this is how to ease your ease your head out of the lion's mouth kind of conversations in a lot of um, the realms because most of the times when people are talking about neurotics, they are talking about those people who are on Dr. Malkin's high end. And um, when he talks about how to um, ease them back down to the middle so that, you know, they can be healthy and you can be healthy. I think it is, it's actually just really brilliant. And think about it. There are a lot of people out there who are, have a a seductive persona, whether it's charm, uh, charisma, and I've talked about this in another in another podcast, but whether they are a naturalist, a dandy, a rake, a siren, a co- coquette, or any of the other um, eight of the nine, because you know the nine is the anti-seducer. But if they're any of those, you could, in real, in reality, based on um, what he puts forth in this book, you could be dealing with a person who is on the narcissistic scale. And in the middle point, that is the happy medium. That's the person that when you meet them, you feel inspired and you feel better about yourself because they have a different take on life that inspires you to have a different take on life. So it's not all bad. And that's what I really liked about it. And um, yeah, it's it's just, it's, it's easy going. Now, I'm going to be talking a little bit more because you can't cover everything um, in 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 something a work like this that's written for the regular public, but that's so important. So I'm going to be talking a little bit um, about some of the effects that really hit people uh, when you're dealing with narcissists who are spiraling out or who are in the um, addict side of it. And one of the things that I wanted to really hit on because I see it over and over again, and it has affected my life and so many others' lives when you're dealing with these high, um, high scoring, high whatever uh, narcissists, and that is the idea of cheating. Um, <laughs> There is a, there, there have been studies um, where they try to boil it down to these are the traits or these are the factors that you look for to see if you're with someone who can't be monogamous. And believe it or not, there have been studies for the DRD4 long allele 
uh, gene of uh, chromosome 11, yes, uh, for your DNA sequence, that talks about how this gene, if it's affected, and yes, it, it, it can be hereditary, and it is, unfortunately, highly concentrated in the United States, these people can suffer a myriad of ranges of issues where anything from um, being unfaithful to anxiety to um, uh, schizophrenia uh, and to attention deficit disorder. And they talk about, depending on how many um, rotations of the gene, uh, how and the frequencies of how much, how how fast they run or how long they run, it's a whole spectrum. And so I was just like, wow, because of course I, I I like having the easy way of looking at something, but then I do try to go and see if uh, there is any kind of biology and science that um, works with this. And that's that's what I, I'm seeing. And so I'm going to be talking about cheaters uh, in relationships, cheaters. And so um, I'll be referring to this book again. But the wisdom smack that I got was that there is really nothing new under the sun. And the longer we live and the longer we learn, we learn that the same principles hold. Uh, for every day, there's night. Every up, there's down. Every forward, there's backward. And so for me, I don't know how it is that I never ask about, well, if you've got a narcissist, what's the equal opposite opposing force of that? And that would definitely be the echoist. And the echoist suffers in silence. And 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 the thing is, is you can have an echoist that does just as much damage to people as a high for, high performing narcissist does and that's the part that when i was you know going through the book i was like oh my gosh i've seen this i know what this is i'll even venture to say that uh, a lot of people have been misquoted or misdiagnosed or or whatever as uh, being codependent where they were really echoist and so that's just been mind-blowing but you guys guess what you got it my time is up and I sure do thank you for yours today's podcast about narcissism has been something that I, I, I want to do more of because it is hitting our society really hot and heavy but until then I want you to like subscribe, share, comment, rate, and review uh, this podcast. And, you know, reach out, send me a message too. Or, and I'll be happy to try to answer it for you if it's within my purview. And so until then, thank you so much and continue. Uh, I see you out there giving us love. Continue to use our Amazon link when you do your Amazon shopping at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And this has been Michelle Spack, Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, 
please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.